appreciate Mark leading that song. I requested it. I feel like it's uh, a really great song to think about what we're going to be studying tonight. We're going to be in 2 Timothy uh, in our study tonight and doing an overview of this book, another letter that Paul writes to Timothy. Uh, in the last letter, we saw the work of an evangelist as Paul was just laying out for Timothy uh, how he needed to fight to, to protect the doctrine that he had handed down and prepare for false doctrines to be to be preached and taught. Uh, as we come into 2 Timothy, we find a letter that's written uh, to Timothy near the end of Paul's life, a letter that is full of uh, encouragement and information, trying to uh, get Timothy to stand up and to, to continue the work that he has been doing uh, under Paul's leadership. Uh, as, we, as we open up the book of 2 Timothy, I want us to think about the hostility in the world around us right now. Uh, we, have, we have some hostility against Christianity in the world around us, not, uh, maybe not to the extent of what they experienced back in the first century uh, before the destruction of Jerusalem. I mean, Christians aren't being burned alive uh, to, to light a fire at the emperor's house or anything along those lines yet, but there is some hostility against us. Uh, there is some hostility against people who believe in the Bible and, and refuse to change and to progress and to be more like everybody else and to believe the way that everybody else believes about certain topics and certain ideas. And so uh, we can relate to this book as we study through it and, and see the, the hostility that Timothy is in is in some ways much greater than our own. Uh, but as we study this, we see Paul encouraging Timothy in the midst of all that hostility uh, to stand up unashamed of the gospel and to continue to do the work that he has been doing. Uh, as I studied through this book, I felt like there were really seven lessons for Timothy uh, throughout the book, seven encouragements for Timothy uh, to, to, to be thinking about, to be mindful of, that Paul wants him to do these seven things. And so uh, as we study through it together, we're just going to work our way through the seven things uh, that, are, that are found in this book. The first thing being uh, in, found, found in the first seven verses, and that is to be on fire. Uh, look with me at verse uh, three beginning. It says, I thank God whom I serve, as, I, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day, as I remember your tears. I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame, the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. As you open up the book, you see the relationship between Paul and Timothy, that he loves Timothy. He remembers the sincerity that Timothy has in his work, uh, that he is one who would uh, maybe be emotional about the things that he's doing. He says, I remember your tears. And then he says in verse 6, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. He wants Timothy to take the gift that was given to him, the gift of the ability to do the work that, that he has been given the ability to do, and he, he encourages him to fan into flame, to light the fire, to get the fire going bright and hot, to do the work 
that God has given him to do. And so that's the first encouragement, to be on fire for the Lord, to do the things that God has given him the ability to do. In verse 7 he says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. He says, God gave you this gift, and he has given us all a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. This is the first hint to what's really going on in the society at this time. Uh, that that it's, it would be common at this time for people to be afraid to speak up and to talk about what Jesus has done for them and what Jesus can do for those who will listen. And so he says, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. What God has done through the gospel is he's given us a spirit of power and love and self-control. Notice how it's power at first, and then it's mixed in with love and self-control. It's not just a spirit of power to dominate those who are against us, but it's, it's tamed with love and self-control as he goes out and he speaks and does the, the work that God has given him to do. So he says, to be on fire for the Lord, to have a spirit of power and love and self-control in the work that you do. The second encouragement starts in verse 8, and the latter part of chapter 1 is, is full of this encouragement. He tells Timothy not to be ashamed, not to be ashamed of the work that God has given him to do. Read with me verse 8. It says, Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Here's a, another picture of the gospel right here in the, in the introduction of a letter. You know, we've seen that over and over again, every letter. Paul reminds everyone he's writing to about the gospel and the benefit of it. And here he says, don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed about the testimony of the Lord, uh, nor of me, his prisoner. You know, in a world that's full of uh, these ideas about if, if you suffer, God doesn't love you. If you suffer, uh, if you're imprisoned and, and the government's against you, then you must truly be evil and not good. And Paul says, don't be ashamed of me. Don't be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord. Even though the world around us is saying that those who are imprisoned are obviously evil and bad people and we should look down on them. And maybe huge mobs and crowds had this kind of idea that the person who is imprisoned is obviously an evil person. Why would they ever want to disrupt the peaceful society that we enjoy uh, and stand up for something crazy like a belief in someone risen from the dead? And here Paul says, I don't want you to be ashamed of me. I don't want you to be ashamed of the testimony which we have that Jesus was risen from the dead. He says, we have a purpose. He did this not because we are so great, but because he had a purpose. And the purpose is to bring life and immortality to light for everyone who will hear. You don't need to be ashamed of the gospel. You don't need to be ashamed of me imprisoned because our work is accomplishing a great work in the grand scheme of things. It's bringing immortality to people. 
That's what life is really all about for me, and that's what life needs to be about for you. Uh, And so the rest of this chapter talks about how some people are ashamed of Paul. They don't really want to be associated with Paul because he is in prison. Uh, And so they act like he's uh, some kind of false teacher or something to kind of shy away from the way of Paul and the teachings of Paul so that they can avoid suffering. And here Paul tells Timothy, don't be ashamed of me and be ready to suffer alongside of me for the cause of the gospel. That's the gospel community that we talked about this morning that has been created and that he wants Timothy to join into and not try to get away from to avoid suffering. He wants him to join right in with Paul. Uh, In chapter 2, we we read about another encouragement, uh, and that is to be strengthened by grace. Notice the first verse there. uh, You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witness, witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of, of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hardworking farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Notice here he he points to the very first statement, be strengthened by yourself. Find some inner strength inside of yourself to go out and to accomplish everything you, you can do. No, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Is that not what, what, what our focus is this year? I mean, the gospel, what are we thinking about? Hopefully coming back to month in and month out, uh, week in and week out as we talk about the gospel over and over again. The grace of God is able to provide the strength that is needed to go out and do difficult things. He says, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Let the, the truth about the gospel be your strength. Be the fuel for your fire to go out and to to teach the gospel and preach and do your ministry and do the things that God has called you to do. Let the fact that God loves you even though you're not worthy of his love and that he gave his son to die for you, let that be a reminder to you that even though you make mistakes, even though you fall short, uh, even though at some points you, you lack the faith that you need, God is always with you. His grace is never-ending toward those who love him and who are humble toward him. Let that strengthen you and strengthen your resolve, not to drop your hands and and bend your knees and to pout and to moan about, you know, I'm not doing a good job and I can't do anything, but to think God loves me anyway and he's going to work in me to accomplish his will. Let that be your strength. What a wonderful encouragement. The rest of uh, this section, he actually discusses uh, his, his work. Verse, look at verse 10. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Kind of a picture of his perseverance. Remember the pictures, like a good soldier. He's persevering. He's not entangling himself with the world. Like a good athlete, he is focused on performing and committing himself to doing everything the right way. Like a good farmer, he's constantly working. And why? Because there are those 
who, who God wants to give salvation to. He calls them the elect. There, there are those who are ready to obtain salvation, and I'm here for the purpose of sharing immortality with them. And that's what my goal is. So he perseveres. He's strengthened by grace, and he perseveres, and he's, he's enduring to the end that he might uh, share in the reward and the blessing that God wants to give him. Uh, the next encouragement starts in verse 14, where he starts to tell uh, Timothy about other people, kind of gets outside of Timothy uh, a little bit to focus on other people and, and encourage Timothy on how to deal with other people. Verse 14, remind them of these things and charge them before God not to quarrel about words, which does no good, but only ruins the hearers. A picture of uh, be the type of person who's not quarreling. Be the type of person who's not uh, focused on irreverent babble. Uh, the type of person who's not trying to fuss and argue and fight with everybody else, but the type of person who's peaceable, who's gentle, who does what's kind and honorable before other people. Don't let people drag you in to debates and arguments where you act like they do, where you act like the people of the world, showing spite and disrespect toward other people. Don't, don't let them pull you into that. Look at what he says in verse 22. So flee youthful passions, and youthful there is juvenile. Don't act like a, 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 a juvenile about the things that, that you're talking about. Don't, don't act that way. Instead, uh, pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. And listen to this. And the servant, the Lord's servant, must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. And I love this promise, or this, this idea. He says, God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. He tells Timothy, I want you to be respectful. I want you to be loving. I want you to be gentle. I want you to maintain righteousness and love and peace and a pure heart because God may grant that person repentance. God may cause an increase in that person's heart even though they are quarrelsome, even though they're fighting against you and they're, they're pessimistic and negative about everything you say and hypercritical about everything, if you remain loving and kind toward them, God may grant them repentance. That's a, that's a huge encouragement uh, for Timothy to, to be reverent, to be honorable. If you want to win your argument against someone else, don't fight with them. Be kind. And be gentle toward them. Then in chapter 3, he moves into a, a, a kind of a caution with that. Now there's, there's, you know, we need to be kind, we need to be respectful, we need to be honorable, but we also need to recognize that there are some who are going to be just completely evil. And there is no turning them back. God will not grant them repentance because of their evil ways. And so he says, Timothy, I want you to be very careful about some of these people. 
Verse 1, but understand this. In the last days there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. He gives a warning to Timothy. I want you to beware of the deceptions of those who promote godliness, but they don't really live it out. Uh, back in 1 Timothy, he said those who uh, pursue godliness as a means of gain. And now he kind of says there's some who inwardly, they're, they're self, uh, lovers of self, lovers of money. Their heart is evil and twisted, but outwardly they're, they're appearing godly. And they, they appear to have power. The spirit of power, remember he said, is going to be in us. But there's no love and there's no self-control in them. And so he says, uh, flee those people. Get away from those people. Uh, and their folly will be evident to everybody after, after a certain amount of time. Don't, don't let yourself get tangled up with those people. Then he encourages Timothy to be very diligent in his studies. Now this, this connects well. If there are some who are going to be deceitful and have an inward kind of evil in them, you, Timothy, need to be studying the scriptures that you were brought up with. You need to be remembering the things that I taught you, the way that I lived, and you need to be following the same path. Uh, you need to be sure that you're, you're paying close attention to the scriptures. They are able to make you wise in your faith. Now, scriptures to him would have been the Old Testament. So he's encouraging him, go into the Old Testament, study that, know that, because it will make you wise in your faith, because all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So he's encouraging him, be diligent in your studies so that you can be ready for whatever lies ahead of you. And then the final encouragement is in chapter 4, where he tells Timothy to be actively preaching the word and, and focused in on his work. Timothy is an evangelist. He is a Bible teacher. That is his work. And so he says, I want you to be ready in season and out of season to preach the word, to rebuke people, to exhort people with complete patience and, and teaching the truth of the Bible, even though they may not listen to what you say, I want you to be ready and, and willing to do your work in every situation. The world grows more and more hostile. People will start wanting to hear what they want to hear instead of wanting to hear the truth. They'll have itching ears, he says. Uh, and don't tickle, don't, don't, don't scratch their ears. Don't make them happy. Give them the truth from the word. And finally, he, he, he ends this kind of section saying, I'm, I'm being poured out as a drink offering uh, so that everyone can understand the truth about Christ. And that's my mission. That's my goal. I've fought the good fight. I've kept the faith. And there's a reward waiting up for me in heaven. And that's what I'm focused on. I'm not focused on making people like me on this earth. Uh, and so what a wonderful way to end. The last uh, verse 9 through the very end is, is more so about people who've wronged him, been ashamed, uh, and things like that. So uh, that's, that's, the, that's the book of 2 Timothy. Just tons of encouragement in this book to, to fulfill his work, to be minister, uh, to be an evangelist in the world. 
uh, and not ashamed, not afraid to go out there and to do what needs to be done. Now, we might ask the question, okay, so another letter to a preacher, what are we supposed to learn uh, for ourselves? Most of you aren't preachers, and you know, like all of you, uh, aren't, aren't really devoting your life to being an evangelist. Uh, but we need to understand that there's a lot of application to everybody, that the message of this book is, it's a difficult season, Timothy. Uh, people are hostile toward your work. And you need to suffer through all of that. You need to be ready for whatever it is that's coming. And you need to be constantly pushing ahead. Uh, that, that, that you would fan the gift that God has given you into flame. And I think that's applicable to everybody. What's your gift? Does it seem like it's just not the right season to, 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 to get out there and to do the work that it, that it is, that God has given you to do? Maybe something's inconvenient for you. Maybe uh, you're overwhelmed by work or uh, had a baby or, you know, who knows what the issues. Maybe there's a lot going on with your family. It just doesn't feel like the right season. Things just don't seem to be working out. This is not going to be easy. Uh, I would say that this encouragement is for you as well. Fan into flame the gift that God has given to you. Find a way to put God at the first and to, to, to do the work and the ministry that he's given you to do. Because as Paul points to Timothy and says, uh, the, there are souls to save. That is certainly true today. There are those out there who God has a desire to save. Who have hearts and minds that are open and willing to obey and serve the Lord. And who knows what role you might play in their salvation. And so don't let the excuses prevent you from doing the work that God has given you to do. If your flame is still burning, but it's real small, you know, give it some oxygen, give it something to light it up and to get it going. Because there are souls to rescue. There are souls to save. There are those who need to hear the gospel, who need to know that there are people out there who love them and who desire to help them find immortal life that is being offered by our Lord and Savior. Back in chapter 2, verse 19, it says, But God's firm, salvation, or firm foundation stands bearing this seal, the Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. This should be our goal, that God knows who are his, and I'm just here to try to help those who are his find their way. I'm playing some role, some part in that happening, and, and that's my desire, that's my goal. And recognize that God is going to provide an increase. As we talked about at the very end of chapter 2, God may perhaps grant them repentance leading to knowledge of the truth. This is a stubborn, rebellious person who's fighting with Timothy and he says, be kind, be gentle to them. Because who knows, God may, provide, uh, may, may grant them repentance. God may provide the increase. If it seems like this is a season when nobody will listen to the truth, nobody will accept the help that I'm trying to give them, look at what Paul tells Timothy. Continue, and who knows what God will do uh, if, if we continue to show God's power in our lives. We have a spirit of power and love and self-control in our lives. We can have that kind of impact on other people. Uh, so how does this fit you? 
you know, Paul is not necessarily talking about somebody who cooks good meals for other people who are, who are sick or suffering or struggling in some way. He's not talking about, uh, to Timothy about how he needs to go and visit the sick or how he needs to teach kids or how he needs to invite people to studies or how he needs to do some other work and whatever your role is in the kingdom. He's not talking to, to, to each of you individually as he writes this letter, but I hope you see that your goal is the exact same as Timothy's. And your goal is the exact same as the evangelist. Your goal is the exact same as Paul's, that those who are lost might be found and enjoy eternal life. And your role is valuable in the work that is being done. Uh, Paul also says in chapter 3, verse 12, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Now, that's not just referring to Timothy, but that's saying everybody. If you're going through a time, a season of struggle, and maybe even feels like persecution, maybe even feels like uh, you know, suffering whenever it doesn't seem like it should be this way, and you feel overwhelmed by all of that, you need to understand that's what everybody's going through. You're not unique in that. And as we talked about this morning, we're a community of people who are supposed to be suffering that God's word can, can be amplified in the weakness of our flesh and our suffering as we build one another up and we push on and we do the things that are really hard, uh, that we love those who don't love us, uh, that we try to help those who don't love God see how wonderful God is when they don't want to hear it. Uh, and we try to, to encourage everybody all along the way. So the question for us is, are we going to be ready out of season like the soldier, like the farmer, like the athlete? Are we going to be someone who is constantly pushing the envelope, fanning the flame of whatever gift, whatever ministry we have? Uh, are we going to be someone who is not ashamed of the work that God has given us to do, of, of the relationship we have with Christ, the relationship we have with God? Are we going to be someone who's strengthened by grace? Are we constantly focusing on the grace of God instead of on our failures and our weaknesses? Are we someone who is reverent and honorable and gentle? Are we, are we aware of the fact that people around us are maybe deceptive, maybe working against us? And are we not going to let that persuade us or dissuade us or keep us from doing the work that we've been called to do? Are we going to avoid those people? Uh, are we going to be diligent in our study? Notice he says at the end of chapter 3 uh, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Doesn't matter what your work is. Doesn't matter what your role is. Study is important for your work. Study is important for us all as we try to do the things that God has called us to do. And we need to be actively pursuing our ministry at all times. I hope, hope that Second Timothy has helped you and encouraged you uh, as you think about God's grace towards you and you, you think about your role in the community, I don't know what your role is. There are so many roles that need to be filled uh, that if you're not stepping up and stepping into the role that God has given to you, uh, man, we're missing you. We need your help. Uh, in everything that we do, we need workers in the kingdom who are not persuaded to, to, to go off and get entangled in the world but who are constantly fanning the flame and doing the things that God has given them to do with all of their might and, and with all of the courage that's needed uh, in a hostile world. If there's anybody here tonight who has not obeyed the gospel, uh, submitted your life to Christ and received the spiritual blessings that he offers, uh, if you're not a working member in the kingdom, uh, or if you are and you're struggling 
Uh, if there's anything that we can do to help, uh, please let us help you. Please come as we stand and as we sing.